Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Rusty Quill presents Greetings, Meltopians. 
I just wanted to jump on to inform everyone that after today's season finale of the Sleep-Wake Cycle, we will continue bringing you our unique brand of horror while we take a brief pause to develop the next season. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy our other offerings, which will include short stories and special creator shows. So, with that, I will now step back into the darkness and allow you to listen to the thrilling conclusion of The Sleep-Wake Cycle. Frankly, I'm surprised you don't know. You are, after all, somewhat of an expert in the field of collective mechanics, or so I was led to believe. But, since you asked, I'm walking out to the staging area, into the epicenter of all that dim and decoherence. And then, I intend to vanish. Once that's been accomplished, I'll do what I said I'd do. Yes, Mr. Sugar informed me that you made some kind of bargain with Rosemary Stroud. Though I confess, I hadn't assumed it involved you committing suicide. (laughs) I'm afraid I'm far too fond of myself for that. No, I intend to allow you and your allies a second chance. After your miserable failure, I will grant you the opportunity to destroy Batna and Spider Black. Once you've exposed yourself to the dim, you will lose all bodily cohesion and die. I'll have Mr. Sugar put you right back into the neural regulator if you don't start making some semblance of sense. We're already wasting time we don't have. I see the bionic woman is offering up my services as if they were hers to dole out, which they are not. (laughs) Regardless, in or out of the neural... 
discombobulator, the outcome will be the same. We're getting our gumballs kicked in, if you haven't already noticed. <laughs> I'm sure the both of you have heard the notion of reality responding to consciousness. The world doesn't exist when you're not looking at it, and all that other quantum hocus-pocus. Well, it just so happens to be largely correct. So, you can only imagine what might happen to reality, a particular portion of it, at any rate, should it become entirely uncoupled from all forms of consciousness. You're suggesting that we somehow channel the dim into the great unconscious. How would we? Ah, I see. A very interesting proposition, Mr. Pills. Certainly took you long enough. But yes, once the dim renders me unconscious, I will enter the great unconscious, and so too will the dim. From there, I can manipulate the decoherence to temporarily suspend all connections to this area, effectively unplugging it from the great unconscious. The result will be a massive macroscopic quantum phenomenon, where once was a solid chunk of Antarctica. Or, if you prefer a less technical description, where once was solid reality, will persist only the smokes of a dream. Then, it's up to the Strouds. Ah, I see. <laughs> You're going to turn rock candy into cotton candy. <laughs> right you are, Mr. Sugar. I suspect this was an arrangement that didn't require too much deliberation on your part, as the uniting, or is it the suppilation, of opposites is a passion of yours, as I understand. More like the irony of opposites, as such things are merely serpents who have yet to swallow their own tails. My role is simple enough. Should the serpent refuse to voluntarily swallow its tail, I choke him with it. Though I suspect that such an idea is anathema to you and your kind, being as horribly elemental as you are, that something like the pale could ever be reconciled with its opposite the way it was intended. Such an idea is utter foolishness. But I've come to expect such ridiculousness from your kind. Uh-oh! <laughs> I think you hit an exposed wire with that one, cellar fella! <laughs> Mr. Sugar, if you have any desire to spare your fellow marelings, you should pull them back into the silentage by the time I reach the dim. There are a few I'd like to keep around. <laughs> then let's be about it. The doors, if you would be so kind, my good lady of the white clock. Farewell, Mr. Pills. May we never meet again. 
I would think that a mistress of time, such as yourself, would know better than to underestimate the circles we all travel in. The closed serpents, if you will. And that the likelihood of us never meeting again is infinitesimally small. Perhaps the next time we meet, I can improve your understanding of such things. Mary was doing her best, but it wasn't enough. Our plan to move the fight closer to the center of all the decoherence was proving fairly useless, as Batna was more than capable of reinforcing herself without making contact with the brooding storm of carnivorous flesh. Apparently, all she needed to do was will the thing into action, and it would respond. In this case, she called forth more terrible monsters, all of them as large, if not larger than herself, each one bound to her will. One limb at a time, they wrenched themselves free from the floating, undulating mass. Avalanches of loose flesh tumbled to the earth as the newborn monster spilled from it, all of them towering mountains of tooth and claw, tentacle and chitin, eyes like bottomless pits of raging fire. They thundered across the frozen earth and threw themselves at Mary. The force of so many titanic things crashing down at once opened craters in the earth, pulverized miles of stone. They were all over her, ripping and tearing. There was, there was nothing she, we could do but die. Mary was determined to meet her end standing up, summoning a strength that shouldn't have existed, clawed her way to her feet, throwing carnivorous demons in all directions. Get off me! Her blazing eyes seethed bottomless and feral as she glared at Batna, who stood back to watch her supplicate monsters rip us apart. What's the matter? Was they too much for just you? Simple creature. I am all of them. We are all the same flesh. The same hunger. And you are merely our next meal. Batna pounced in an instant, crashing into Mary, forcing her back into the varied clutches of her obedient monstrosities. Mary was lost in the crush of gnashing teeth and rending claws. Though she refused to fall as it happened, her will still proof against monsters and gravity. But it was a novel gesture. It was finally over. I just wished I could see Isaiah one last time. Though what was left to say? I didn't know.
confusion and chaos erupted as something powerful blossomed around us like a behemoth flower of fire and dream. The corona of the strange effect originated near the dais, a rippling dome of expanding energy that soon encompassed the world, or at minimum, my world. Mary and the monsters vanished in an instant, leaving only my little room inside a tiny, precious memory. Lifted by a tide of lucid dreams, I felt a connection to everything, the dim resonating with the echo of my thoughts, awaiting my command. Outside my window, a storm raged, a tornado tearing its way through Emmett's threshold, a wild fragment of the dim yet to be tamed. With a mere whisper, I stilled its fury, bringing serenity to the world. I called forth the ambient sounds of the threshold, the soft tinkle of wind chimes, the gentle caress of a breeze, and the chirping of birds. Drawn to the window, I marveled at the familiar soothing sights. Yet down below, amidst a hill of undulating switchgrass, reminiscent of green waves in an emerald ocean, there was a discordant figure, a woman with wild eyes and a tattered orange dress, it was Batna, or at least my mind's interpretation of her. I made my way to her slowly, appreciating the memory of every stair and doorknob between us, the catch of the wind beneath my hair, the scrape of grass against my skin. Standing before her, I could feel her confusion, her rage. What has happened to me? What have you done? I haven't the slightest idea, but it's wonderful, wouldn't you agree? You witch! I'll devour you for this! Her voice raked against the beauty I'd conjured, an ugly dissonance I wanted only to eradicate. Something tells me that's not an option for you anymore. You see, you're on my turf now. <laughs> Dreams are mine. Batna lunged for my throat, and my mind pinched her in midair, between the breeze and dappling sunlight. She squirmed like a bug plucked from under a rock. You've had your chance. Now it's my turn. I didn't know how it all happened, though I had some idea of who made it happen. Still, I wasn't one to look a gift horse in the mouth. Most importantly, I was no longer cowering inside my mind, but fully repossessed of my body. A seamless transition from the inside to the outside. The external world looked exactly like the one inside my head. No detectable difference between the visions within and without. I seem to be, at the moment, a god. Release me, you filthy creature. I will not be stopped by the likes of you. You are what and where you are precisely because I will it, Batna. I've seen the things you've done, which are likely just the smallest entries within your larger body of awful works. I'm sure there's others more deserving of the pleasure to do what I'm about to do to you. 
but at least they'll have the satisfaction of knowing you're dead and gone. Simpleton wretch! So long as there is a shred of flesh to be devoured, I will always be. And my children are legion. In time, their hunger will find you. And you and I will dine together and eternally at the Great Red Table. I meant everything I'd said. She was entirely at my mercy. I dreamed her into the form she was in, spared her the touch of the naked dim. But now I was letting it have her. What are you doing? <laughs> Why, I'm killing you, Batna. The second the dim made contact, it began to warp and twist her, trying to reflect the monster in a million different ways. But Batna wasn't easily divisible. She was only the hunger, the fire that raged in her guts. And so she began to burn beneath the heat of her own untamable appetite. Gray flames broke out from beneath her skin, eating her alive. I turned away, recognizing that the exquisite moment would soon fade, and the world would revert to its stark, cold reality. I left Batna burning upon the hill, and went to find Isaiah down towards the tranquil waters lined with swaying reeds and delicate marsh flowers, where the melodies of the birds and the soft murmur of the wind enveloped me. Whatever Spider was, it sure as hell wasn't pretty, or local. I was held by at least a dozen limbs, all securing me close to the thing that must have been Spider's face. A mask of darkness broken by countless dull, black, lidless eyes, each one reflecting my face as if by a funhouse mirror. It has been some time since I've been called upon to personally dispatch a foe. So, it should please you to know that you've at least inconvenienced me. Why, thanks. That means a lot. Really. And why shouldn't it? So many have come for me. Creatures far beyond the ken of man. Armies that, in their untold numbers, could have covered the planet. Yet, here you are, little Isaiah. The only one to get this close to me. To require that I use my own limbs. 
us to tear you apart. Now, you did require some help, didn't you? But don't let that sour your pride too much. Only one with your talents and instincts could have made it as far as you have. Yet, all journeys must end, and even within some of the best tales, the hero dies. Something, somewhere, hit like a bomb, and I can feel the miniature reality buckling from neck to nuts. Suddenly, Spider's limbs released me, dropping me into darkness. I tumbled through pulsing blackness flecked by strange stars, until I found myself falling out of the anomaly. Landing on my ass, I jumped back up to my feet in a heartbeat, and took in the new sights. The room was smashed apart completely open to the outside, except it wasn't the wind and snow that was blowing in. It was the dim. Or some form of it. The stuff wasn't as amorphous as I remembered. A sort of manifest static that distorted the reality around it. Now it looked more like a liquescent mass trying to flood into the room. There were shapes inside it, and while I couldn't make them out, there was something familiar about them. The dim was being shaped, it seemed, forming a new and invasive reality. A reality that was trying to crush everything into something new. Throwing up my field, I deflected the ribboning effulgence from the developing reality, though I was careful to afford Spider's anomaly zero cover, letting it fend for itself, which it was doing a pretty piss-poor job of. With the wall it was recessed into, now destroyed, <laughs> Spider's anomaly was fully visible. A sort of floating black oval in the air. The thing's surface rippled like tar in a hurricane, parts of it sloughing off, getting smaller by the second. The whole thing sort of gave me the high ground, and I wasn't one to waste an advantage. You can either come out of that thing and take shelter in my field, or you can get torn apart by the dim. Choice is yours. As the new reality tried to coalesce around me, I began to recognize certain features. Lush thickets, rolling fields of grass. It was Emmett's threshold, or some approximation of it. I knew it had to be roaming somehow converting and transforming the dim. Reinforcing the assumption was the fact that my power was only partially deflecting the stuff, just where it sought to transform me. Our powers were unaffected by one another, so only the parts of the dim that weren't entirely under her control were being inhibited. But that didn't stop Spider from taking me up on my offer. 
If you allow me to depart afterward, I will tell you whatever you wish to know. Agree? Sure, but you better get over here quick and in a hurry. Your little pocket realm looks like it's about to shit the bed. I overlap the anomaly with my field, allowing Spider the dignity of walking from his hidey hole over to the cover of my power. I was surprised he came out wearing his human form, and maybe a little relieved. The very moment he stepped into my pale field, the anomaly dissipated like darkness at dawn, shredded into strips of vanishing shadows. Well, welcome to my web, said the spider to the fly. Spider didn't say anything. He stood there, his black eyes inscrutable. I drew a revolver and pointed it straight at his head. What are you standing there looking at me for? Spill it. Who's behind the sleep-wake project, spider? All the eons I've walked through to end up here. Yeah, yeah, big deal. You weren't as high and mighty as you thought. Now quit with the monologuing and answer my question, or Mr. Pale Revolver here is gonna turn your head into a wet memory. Got it? The Court of Gold. The Mithra pioneered the project. They believed they could perfect a bioetheric technology that would replicate your abilities to use them as they saw fit. You can denounce all powers save your sisters. They thought to engineer a device that would allow them to quiet all voices save their own, the one-eyed kings in the kingdom of the blind. So why would you help them then? Wouldn't your powers be on the chopping block too? Silly child, I would help them design the technology, and so... And so you'd know how to get around it. Nice. Now, what about Isaiah? What does this all have to do with him? So, you know of Isaiah? Didn't realize I was such a well-informed guy, did you? Out with it. Little is known of him. There are just shadows and whispers. All contained within prophecy, passages within the Book of Nevers, illusions within various obscuric writings. In almost all cases, he is associated with the next great darkness. So then, everyone's in a rush to brace themselves for what's to come. What Isaiah's likely to unleash, is that it? Why, Isaiah, 
It pleases me to see that you've come so far from the sniveling boy child who hid under beds at the slightest sign of trouble. You and your sister both have more than proven yourselves forces to be reckoned with. It is a point of great pride to know that I had a hand in it all. You're pushing it, Spider. Am I? <laughs> I suppose I have pushed you. I pushed you into the mystery of yourself. Forced you to tap into what was there. If not for those painful discoveries, where would you be? You and your precious Rosemary. Oh, I think you know all too well. After the darkness, to be anything but extraordinary is to be grist for the devil's mill. No, without me, you would... Shut your fucking mouth! You betrayed your youthful trust, yes. Took you away from your sister, the only family you ever knew. But it was also I who redeemed the program, who kept its subjects from being sent to suppression camps, where anyone who suffered the stain of wakeless powers was either dissected or burned. You are only alive because of me. Do you know the things I've done? The life you allowed me? Once they figured out how useful I might be, they put me on a bus to a fire school where they put me through fucking hell, taught me to kill like a goddamn machine. The shit they made us do so that we had no moral compunction left to us. Nothing between us and the targets except blades and bullets. But I got off lucky because of what I discovered in that mystery inside myself. I realized I didn't have much moral compunction to begin with. I've killed so many people. And that's why Romy can't look me in the eyes for more than a few seconds at a time. But you don't care, do you? You who just love sending people to hell. Where do you send those you kill, I wonder? 
And you seemed quite thrilled about the death of Mr. Devlin. Are you really the one to judge me? Could it be that it wasn't me or your employers or even your power that made you what you are? That you are nothing less than the man you chose to become. Maybe, maybe you're right. the dim receded and the world became so much cold and ice, I couldn't help but notice the changes. Massive crooked statues, weird buildings, a huge pit of ice that fell down into utter freezing darkness. And that was just the start. I had to assume they were fallout, the remainders left behind by the coupling of matter and mind. There was no denying the new Victorian flair to some of the structures. There was even an old house lurching at the top of a small hill of ice. A sort of nightmare version of my home in the threshold. I wondered about Mary, where she'd gone, whether she was ever real in the first place. My attention quickly shifted to the figure, meandering out from a huge hole in the silentage, which now resembled a partially melted ice sculpture. Are you okay? I'll live. You? It was the Mithra. They were behind everything. I know. Where's, uh, Batna? Same place as Spider, I guess. <sighs> so what do you want to do now? Well... I think our stint as reclamation agents is over. Yep. After all this, I imagine a whole lot of people are gonna come looking for us. Maybe we go to the one place they won't dare look. Oh yeah? Where's that? <sighs> New Victoria. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. 
Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia.